Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 234 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Eliza Desch. Eliza lives in Marin County, California, which is just over the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. And she is a hair and makeup artist. And I wish you could see her. She's absolutely beautiful with her hair and her makeup. (laughs) Welcome, Eliza. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. This is kind of surreal. I've listened to so many of these. It's exciting to actually be on. Well, good. I'm so glad. I try not to listen to any of them. As a, it's always weird to listen to your own voice, but you're going to really enjoy listening to yours when it comes out. People always say they were scared and then they listened and then they were pleasantly surprised. So I really look forward to how our conversation goes. So you know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? 
Well, I first heard about intermittent fasting, I think it was 2015. I heard about Michael Mosley's book, The Fast Diet, and the documentary on the BBC. That was, I think, the first time that I had heard about it. So I, I was intrigued. I bought the book. I read it. And it made a lot of sense to me, the science behind it. But where I felt like I struggled was I felt like I didn't quite understand exactly how to do it. So I tried it a couple of times. The first time I tried it, I actually (laughs) felt really sick all morning. And I thought, well, gosh, this isn't good. And it turned out I actually had the stomach flu. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's so funny. See, that's funny that you say that because people will all the time, they'll be like starting intermittent fasting. And they're like, well, I started intermittent fasting and then this and this and this. (laughs) We're like, no, that's not from the fast. Right, right. (laughs) So you had the stomach flu. And then I tried it again, and his the five two is the alternate day fasting. So I didn't eat. The next morning, I went and did a workout, and got really lightheaded and almost passed out. And I thought, well, maybe this just isn't for me. And I kind so of you were gave totally up. not fat adapted. Now, did you do it with the five hundred calorie, or did you do a full fast? I think I did the five hundred calorie, yeah. so I ate a little bit, but I just sort of never. Even though it made a lot of sense, I just didn't really try it. But this time period was a time in my early 40s where I was kind of starting to gain weight. In my 30s, I you know, was able to maintain my weight pretty effortlessly. But in my 40s, I actually started taking Lexapro, which is an SSRI and anti-anxiety medication. And one of those side effects from that can be weight gain. So I did start to gain weight. You know, I think it was a combination of age, the hormones, the, you know, all the things. And it kind of just started creeping up. And I kept feeling like, well, gosh, I need to do something about this. But I didn't really. I I wasn't really exercising or eating well. And every year that passed, you know, it was like 10 more pounds, 10 more pounds. And by the time I was 48, I'd gotten to my highest weight that I'd ever been outside of being pregnant. And it just got to a point where I was really uncomfortable in my skin. I was having to buy new clothes. I had to get my wedding ring resized. And I just thought, well, this is just, I guess, how it's going to be. I'm in my 40s. I'm just going to gain weight. But I couldn't really accept that. I, you know, I tried some things here and there. I tried low carb for a while. I tried Noom. I would try, I joined a gym. I was going and doing workouts with a trainer. And each time I would try something, I'd lose 10 pounds or so, but then I wouldn't stick with it and it would come back. And then I thought, you know, when keto was super popular, I thought about doing that. And I even went so far as to join a coaching program. I bought all the supplements and was going to do that, but I kept putting it off because I had, you know, a vacation or a dinner. And so I realized like, this is never going to work. I'm not going to change my life. Right. You have to really change it like for good. It's not something you just do a little bit, like three days a week. Right. And so I just, I sort of knew it it would never work for me. I'm someone that I love food, love eating out. I love, you know, I read cookbooks like novels and I love cooking and trying new food. So I just knew that that wasn't ever going to be realistic. So at the beginning of 2020, I had joined a gym. I was, you know, eating a little better, working out. And then the pandemic hit. And, you know, like everyone else, I was home. I wasn't working because my work stopped completely. Oh, yeah. Because you were not able to be face to face with people, especially in California. Y'all had very strict rules. Like we were only locked down here in Georgia for literally six weeks. Like I didn't even miss a hair appointment. I'm sorry to tell you everyone in the country, (laughs) but like I had my hair appointment. And then everything closed down and then I go every six weeks and then it opened back up and it was time for my next appointment. 
Yeah, it was very different here in California. All of the weddings I had booked canceled everything. I didn't work for almost a year. So I one thing that I started, which was actually really fun during the pandemic, was I started doing social distancing happy hours, I call them, where I would get on Facebook Live. And at first, it was just me kind of like talking or talking and doing makeup. And then I eventually got to a point where I was interviewing people that I knew, interesting people makeup artists and others. Oh, that sounds really fun. And you're just doing that on Facebook Live? Mm-hmm. I just started doing it, you know, during lockdown as something to do. And so I would make a cocktail and, you know, I would have my guest make a cocktail and we would drink cocktails. So next thing I know, I'm having like cocktails at five o'clock, five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> sounds really fun. And also a lot like my pandemic was going. <laughs> right. Like many people's pandemic right. went, I think. And just during the pandemic, it was kind of like a drink for entertainment. And right. by October, I thought, you know, I need to take a little break from this. It's not helping the whole weight situation. I don't think it's making me feel good. And so in October 2020, I signed up for Annie Grace's live alcohol experiment. If you're familiar with that, I see you nodding. So I love Annie Grace. I, I love I, Annie Grace yes, too. I love that this naked mind, mm-hmm. that book of hers. And I'm not alcohol free, but I am much more in tune with not needing to drink. Reading that book really changed my whole mindset. So you did the alcohol experiment? I did. I just, I thought, well, I'm going to take a break and I can't remember, but somehow I came across it and thought, oh, well, that sounds like a good thing to do. So I joined, I read the book and the live alcohol experiment, they give you daily videos and then there's daily live coaching on the Facebook group. So I just learned all these things about alcohol that I never knew. I thought, my God, I've been, you know, drinking since college and never actually knew what alcohol was doing to my sleep or my anxiety, my metabolism, all the things. And the sleep for me was the biggest thing. I learned that, yeah, I learned that instead of the six to 12 REM cycles you normally have, or six to 10, you normally have, when you haven't consumed alcohol, you have like two or three. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, and also that that can last up to five days. So I thought, well, gosh, if that's the case, if I'm drinking a couple times a week, I'm not ever sleeping well in my entire adult life. So in conjunction with just feeling so good during that time, not drinking in that month, sleeping so well, feeling so good, feeling so much less anxious, I just thought, you know, I just think that maybe I'm just going to keep going. And so I haven't actually had any alcohol for a year and a half, over a year and a half. You know, we just... You talked about college, and we have it so ingrained in us starting at a young age that you can't have fun unless you're drinking. Right, right. Because And that's really what this naked mind taught me to really explore or got me to explore my thoughts about, you know, oh, we have to Uber so I can drink, or Mm -hmm. oh, whoever's the designated driver is going to have a really boring night, or or we can't have fun unless we're drinking. And now, you know, I remember the first time when I was dabbling and not drinking for the first time, I went to the beach with my college friends and I didn't tell them before they came that I wasn't going to be drinking at all. And they got there and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tell you this. And they were fine, which was great. They were, they were fine. I was their designated driver the whole weekend and I had just as much fun. Yeah. Well, that's what I realized. I had not only just as much fun, but actually more fun mm-hmm. not drinking because- yeah. It goes from drinking being the fun thing to everything else being the fun things, which right. everything else is inherently fun, but we've assigned alcohol the fun, but it's actually the connecting with the people and the else. laughing and yeah. the having so much fun. And truly, I have had way more fun and more relaxed in social settings. I'm just so much happier without it. I'm so much more calm and content. I just absolutely love it. So- once I started that journey, a few months down the road from that, I, you know, I had lost actually about eight pounds. 
I think from not only cutting out alcohol, but all the the drinking, the eating, the, the eating, the, drinking, the snackiness yeah. that comes with that. And then I thought, you know, I still need to do something else. I still have, I wanted to lose about 30 pounds and it just seemed so daunting. You know, how do you lose 30 pounds? I didn't know what to do. And right around that time, a friend of mine posted on Facebook about intermittent fasting saying that he had been doing it. It had been so successful. And I thought, oh yeah, I remember, you know, I read that book a while back, but I think he mentioned the daily eating windows. And another friend of mine commented on his post saying that she had been doing it as well. So I reached out to her and just started asking her some questions about it. And one of the things she said to me was, I didn't start losing weight until I started drinking black coffee. Yeah. And she didn't say anything about a clean fast. She hadn't read your book. She just somehow realized that she had to cut out the cream in her coffee. And I thought, oh no, (laughs) I'm not going to be able to drink my coffee without cream. I thought it was going to be so hard, but I thought, well, I guess, you know, I guess it's worth a try. And so I just said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start it. So I think maybe the next day I started fasting just based on what she told me about, you know, I think I decided to do 16-8 and drink black coffee. And of course, I'm a big researcher. So I started Googling and, you know, I joined a bunch of Facebook groups and I didn't find yours right away. I found some other ones, but in one of the ones that I joined, they posted your graphic about the clean fast. Oh, good. And so I saw that, I learned about that. And then I said, well, who is this Jen Stevens? (laughs) And I found, I think your Facebook group and I found your book. So like a week into my fasting, I found, not delay, don't deny, but fast Fast feast repeat. repeat. I love that people share that graphic. And Mm -hmm. some people would get really upset. They'd be like, I was in this other group and their header is your graphic, but they cut off all of your information, but it's your graphic. And I'm like, look, the information's getting out there. You know, I'm just a teacher. I just want people to fast clean. That's it. You can cut my name off. I don't care. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And thank God that I found that because it it makes all the difference. So a, a weekend, I read your book. I read it, you know, in I think a day or two. And just was fascinated by it. And again, it just made so much sense, like the science about all of it, not just the weight loss, but everything else. And what really made the difference this time was you were very concrete about how the Mm -hmm. how was there, you know, about the fast start and, you know, what to expect and take pictures and all the things. And so I started right away and, and had success pretty much immediately you know, I know you talked about not weighing yourself in the 28-day fast start. I cheated. <laughs> I did weigh myself. But really, I very quickly realized that 16-8 was not, it was too easy almost. And so yeah. I pretty effortlessly moved to 24 with one meal a day. I've never been a big breakfast eater. Even as a kid, I just never got hungry till later in the day. And Honestly, I used to say, oh, I wish I didn't have to eat lunch. I wish I could just take a pill because I hate stopping in the middle of my day to eat lunch. And it makes me tired in the afternoon. And when I would eat lunch, I wouldn't really be hungry for dinner. And so one meal a day just felt pretty intuitive to me. So I quickly moved to that. And I had pretty early on, there was a day where we did a big hike here. If you visited your son out here, you might have gone to like Stinson Beach, which is I haven't been to any of the beaches out there yet. Well, we did a hike from Mount Tam. You hiked down to the beach and we got there. It was maybe, you know, two in the afternoon. I could have eaten because I was at least 16 hours in, but I realized, you know, I'm not really hungry. And so I just decided not to eat. And then we ended up hiking all the way back up, which was like another eight or 10 miles. Felt amazing. Got home 
had my one meal for dinner and I thought, okay, I get this. You know, I can do this. I can exercise. I'm not going to be hangry. I can eat the one meal and feel great. And from then on, it just, it's kind of just felt intuitive and effortless. I have amazing mental clarity and energy. I just love how it makes me feel. And I lost the weight very quickly. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. That's amazing. You know, thinking back to your hike, I feel like if I had just hiked, I don't know, eight to 10 miles, and then if I had something to eat and then had to hike back eight to 10 miles, that sounds miserable. <laughs> like I would just keep going in the fasted state. Yeah. I can't imagine eating in the middle of all that. Yeah. I love exercising fasted. And it's one oh, of those yeah. things that people assume, oh, well, you have to eat to have the energy. And I find it to be really the opposite. Yeah. Just today, someone in the community had started with a new trainer and the trainer's like, oh, you must eat your protein within an hour. And she was like all freaked out and asking. And I'm like, well, no, you don't. You really don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, for me, the weight loss happened pretty quickly. By so you needed it, to lose 30 pounds? I, I wanted to lose 30 pounds. And I'd already lost about eight, as I mentioned, cutting out alcohol. But really, I started, I think it was January 4th of 2021. And by about April, by spring break, we did a trip to Palm Springs for spring break. And I was so excited because I was packing and I tried on my old shorts and rompers and dresses and things that I hadn't fit into for a long time. And they fit. And I was just so excited that I could wear these clothes again and, you know, wear bathing suits. I thought I was going to be relegated to dowdy skirted tankinis for the rest yeah. of my life. <laughs> and I was able to fit back into a bikini and love it. It was super exciting. So yeah, I, I'd lost about, you know, I'd gotten to probably about 130. 
So mm-hmm. my and initials, how tall are you? I'm five. I like to say five six, but I'm really five okay. five and a half. Okay. <laughs> so when I started, I had gotten up to one sixty one, which for me was the highest I had been, and just did not feel comfortable. Didn't feel like yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel like myself. I didn't recognize myself in photos. I was just felt uncomfortable in my body. Um, so I'd say by April, I was down to around 130, which is where I'd wanted to get to. But I thought, well, I'm not going to stop because I just right. love how this feels. So I'm just going to keep going. And th- I'd say the weight loss slowed a little bit at that point, but I just thought I'm going to see, keep going and just see where I land. So then over the next, I think probably three months, maybe I got down to like the low 120s probably. And just slowly over time, you know, that, so that was maybe summer of last year. So about a year ago over that, the next year, I've, you know, kind of got down to anywhere in between 115 and 120 is where my body seems to be comfortable. And what's interesting is I had heard of a statistic or a fact somewhere that the weight you are your senior year of high school is your ideal weight. And that's kind of where you should be, which sounded crazy to me. I thought, however, would I ever get back to (laughs) what I weighed as a senior in high school, but that's where I am now. See, me too. That's where I am too. And, you know, I've I've talked about this because I notice it in a lot of people, but like you're tiny bit taller taller than me. Like I'm five, five, just Mm -hmm. slightly over. So you're a little bit higher than me, not much. And you weigh less than me, just a Mm. little bit less, but I weighed 125 in high school. That was my, my high school weight was 125 my senior year. And that was where, that's where my body's gone back to and without having to struggle and fight. And so that's the key. You know, I could look at your weight and then think, gosh, I need to lose, you know, I need to lose 10 more pounds to be, I need to be what what Eliza's doing, but it would be a struggle for me to get there. My body doesn't want to be the weight that your body wants to be. Right. Because we're built differently. And, you know, we all have different genetics and different backgrounds. And so, you know, you didn't choose a goal weight and then get there and then stop. Your body chose it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had an idea in mind, but then you just let your body do what it was going to do. Right. And it just pleasantly surprised you in the opposite direction of what you thought it would do, right? Exactly. <laughs> it just, it kind of landed here. And this, it feels like the right weight for me. It feels comfortable. I feel like I look like the weight I'm supposed to be, it looks proportionate for my body. And it's easy for me to maintain. Like you said, it's effortless. I use the app Happy Scale, which I learned from you. And it's so interesting just to see the trends over time. You know, when I enter my weight and I don't do it every day, but month to month, my weight, you know, it might go up a couple pounds one week, down a couple pounds the next week. But if I look at the entire month, cause it shows you like your weight over the week, you know, weight lost or gained over the week, couple weeks, month, every month it's like 0.2 yeah. fluctuation. You're right in that range. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is, feels like, it feels amazing. It does. It's it like feels, a miracle after it's struggling. It's a miracle after struggling. Yes, exactly. I mean, my whole life, I think ever since high school, I could tell you for any given year in my life, if I was happy with my weight or if I wasn't, if I was Ditto. trying to lose weight or what, you know, where I was. And now I don't have to think about it. And that is such freedom. Yeah. I can go back to any period of my time of my adult life and tell you starting from after, you know, the very first diet I remember doing was after my 
after my sophomore year of college. Me too. I, I can remember, it was after my sophomore Yeah. Me too. I gained weight my sophomore year and had to lose it. Yep. I had gained some my freshman year too, but I guess I didn't really – I was a camp counselor that summer, and I didn't do anything about it that summer. But the next summer, I was at home. Maybe it's because I was with, with my mother's influence, and she had a calorie counting book. <laughs> I don't know. That might be it. But I started counting calories. I can remember that summer. And that that was my first tool was the calorie counting. And – lost the weight that I wanted to lose and then went back off to college and there it was again. But at any point of my life, I can tell you what clothes I was wearing and what size I was and what I had done to get there. Exactly. Me too. And how long I stayed there. It wasn't very long yet. (laughs) There was the the low fat, the lowest I ever got in my adult life was around 118. And that was, I I was too skinny at 118. And I was also doing low fat and I was doing the Cindy Crawford exercise tape. Do you remember the Cindy Crawford exercise tape? I don't think so. I don't remember that. I don't know. That was the one like everyone was doing it. It was like a VCR tape and Radu was the the trainer and it was Cindy Crawford doing all to this music and (laughs) Cindy Crawford exercise tape with Radu and low fat. And I just didn't look good at all though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't do, I know you talk a lot on here about the the fad diets and the crazy diets. And I, I mean, I did I don't know, like I did slim fast back in the 90s or, you know, some things like that. I didn't really ever go too crazy, but, you know, I did marathon training for a while. I thought that would be the answer, you know. And like I said, I could tell you at any point. And now it's just, it's so nice to not have to think about it. So you you have pretty good appetite correction, like your body lets you know. Yeah. Well, that's been interesting too, is, you know, I think in the beginning when I started, when I got to my window, I felt like, Oh, I have to eat all the things. Like I have to eat a lot because it's my one meal of the day, you know. And I would eat a lot till the till I was really full. But now I just I sort of eat to satiety, and it doesn't it have to be a giant meal. And then I close my window, and I I know I'm going to eat again the next day. And so yeah, I would definitely say I've had the appetite correction, and yeah, it's just it's easy, it's effortless. And you don't have to worry about, did I eat enough either? Because I bet right. if you eat less one day, the next day you're probably a little hungrier. Do you notice that mm-hmm. kind of pattern? Yeah, I really do try to pay attention to what my body is telling me. So when I was losing weight, I was pretty committed to the 24 plan. You know, I used the app, I used the zero app, and I would time it. And now that I'm kind of where I want to be, the way that I do it, I actually stopped using the app and I just sort of have a minimum of 16 hours. That's the minimum I want to fast. And usually I shoot more for 20, but anywhere in between is fine. Sometimes I even go longer if I'm busy, but I really try to listen to my body. So there are some days, you know, I'll get a little hungry, maybe early afternoon, but it usually passes because I'm working and I'm busy. And then next thing I know, it's, you know, five o'clock. But there are days where I do get hungrier and I just decide, okay, well, I'm just going to open my window a little earlier and I'm going to eat. And I do. And like you said, the next day, maybe I'm a little fuller. And yeah, it's nice to just pay attention to what my body's telling me. And not stress about it. And not stress about it. Yeah. And I know you talk a lot about on here too, in addition to appetite correction, is how people's tastes change. Yeah. And that has absolutely happened. It's kind of wild. I mean, I used to say that I was like a total potato chip junkie. I loved potato chips. They were my favorite food group. Lay's Limon potato chips. I've but- never had those. <gasps> Well, Limon, I would probably love them. Oh my God. They're amazing. Crunchy, salty things. Crunchy, salty. Yeah. 
But I have to say, they don't taste as good as they used to. French fries, potato chips, all the things that I loved so much before I started fasting just aren't as appealing. I find myself really craving more vegetables. When I'll make, you know, stir fry that has chicken and vegetables in it, I really just want to eat the vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like my fast food now is kale, sauteed kale. That's hilarious. <laughs> It's kind I will of wild. say when I'm serving my family dinner, you know, because I, I make the, the dinner and then I put it on our plates and put it on the table. And so I will like secretly give myself more of the veggies. I do that too. Like I'm like, that one's mine. No, 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 that one's mine. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. It's really, it's crazy. And with dessert too, I, that was one thing in the beginning of fasting. I found that I really wanted a sweet treat. So I would open my window with maybe a snack, you know, have a meal and then. I felt like, well, you know, I'm fasting so I can eat ice cream or I can eat chocolate treats from Trader Joe's. And I do, I still do that sometimes, but I found that, you know, I wanted that treat, but I thought, gosh, I'm only eating this small amount of food a day. I really need more nutrition. Right. So I've started making smoothies in the evening because it kind of scratches that sweet, cold itch, you know, but it's so much, It I can throw in, you know, I'll, I'll usually do some berries, I'll do some almond milk, almond butter, like spinach, frozen banana, kale. And I love it because it tastes so good and it's not super sweet. I don't right. crave that really sweet stuff anymore because the naturally sweet tastes so good. Yeah. I love to close with a smoothie in the summer, especially. I kind of am not in the mood for them in the winter. I, well, I'm that just makes not, sense. Not in the mood for it, but um, it's warming up here. I mean, we're recording this. It's um, May, so it's it's pretty warm here now. By the time this comes out, it'll be really hot because it'll be August. But you know, now that spring is here and it's we're turning the corner into the warm weather, I'm starting to crave the smoothies again. And you know, when I when I talk about Daily Harvest, they sponsor this podcast. I'm not kidding. That's our. <laughs> it's all those really good ingredients, just like you're talking about, mm-hmm. and it really ups the nutrition that I can yeah. get into the day. And so. Um, you know, Chad and I will split one of those smoothies because. Oh, I don't split. Two, I drink the whole thing. No, which well, he likes. The, well, I would drink the whole thing, but Chad is like, I don't want a whole one, and then he would like try to save it in the fridge, and that you know, a smoothie sitting in the fridge until oh, tomorrow is disgusting. They separate and get really disgusting. Well, but he would still be drinking it. I don't know. He's weird about. He will. He will eat that saved food. I'm not not doing it. So we split one because I don't want his sitting in there in the fridge looking gross. <laughs> Well, I actually checked a book out from the library called 365 Vegan Smoothies. (laughs) So I just flipped through there and see, you know, if I'm more in the mood for like a cacao, like raw cacao, almond butter, banana type thing, or more of a berry. And I just get inspiration to throw it in my Vitamix and- that sounds really good. And see, like, I can't open my window with a smoothie. It gives me, like, a, a blood sugar crash. Yeah, I don't think I could either. But uh, it's great to close my window. I, it's mm-hmm. just fine. It doesn't give me any trouble at all. But that that recipe book sounds really good. Daily Heart, I'm not vegan. You know, I'm not vegan. But Daily Heart, either. I happen to grab it, and I just like the recipes. Yeah. Well, Daily Harvest is, I'm pretty sure Daily Harvest is vegan. I think they are. And it's all just really good ingredients, like sweetened with dates. Yeah. I'll throw and, a date in sometimes. Yeah. And that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's nothing, there's not a single thing, you know, I'm cleanish, mm-hmm. but if I were like hardcore or hundred percent clean, then Daily Harvest would, would fit that bill. Cause it is like hardcore clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you're finding something to get that nutrition in and satisfy that sweet tooth. Yeah. I feel so much better doing that. And so, I mean, I'll still have ice cream occasionally, but I feel much better 
when I have that instead of the ice cream. And you know, sometimes people will feel guilty about craving something sweet. Like I've had many discussions with people over the years. Someone will say, you know, I'm not, my tastes aren't changing. Something must be wrong with me because I still crave something sweet every day. Like that's bad. But, but as humans, I think we are hardwired to crave something sweet and it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not like a failing. You're not like, there's not something wrong with you if you crave something sweet. No, no. I grew up in a family where we, we had a lot of, my parents love a little ice cream or something, but it was always around and it wasn't forbidden. So it right. didn't, I don't feel like I go crazy when I right. have sweets. Yep. And I, I think the difference is a lot of the ultra processed sweet things, like, I mean, let's just say Oreos, for mm-hmm. example, you know, that's never going to make you feel satisfied. You're not going to just want to eat one Oreo. They just keep going down, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you never can have enough of them versus that smoothie. You probably couldn't just keep drinking that smoothie no. over and over. You'd, you'd be full and satisfied. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I I think that's the difference. And, you know, where, like I just mentioned before, where you eat it, where you consume it can make a big difference. There's a new book. I haven't read it yet. I'm sure I will have read it by the time this comes out in August. I can't think of the name. The Glucose Revolution, maybe. Have you heard of that one? I haven't. The Glucose Goddess is is her nickname on um, her Instagram handle. But it's all about when we eat the things we eat Hmm. and how it affects our blood sugar. Yeah, I try not to open my window with anything too sweet mm-hmm. or too car- well sometimes i have carbs <laughs> to open my window i love drinking kombucha i have at least a kombucha a day so i usually have that when i open my window but i try to have some protein right. um a lot of times i'll mix um from trader joe's i'll do lentils with their bruschetta mix and feta oh yum and Ooh. it's it's so good it's like the easiest thing in the world so you just take lentils like do you use canned lentils well so trader joe's i don't know if you have a trader joe's near you oh sorry they have cooked lentils that you can get in their produce section oh okay so it's just pre-cooked lentils so i take those they have bruschetta mix that's just the tomatoes and olive oil and basil and stuff and then crumbled feta i would love that it's so good and i feel like it's a really healthy thing to open my window with because oh, yeah. I usually I like totally to have a little something while I'm making dinner or before I get to dinner. Yeah, that would absolutely work for me. I would feel great after eating that. Anything with lentils or beans or anything like that, hummus. Yeah, love hummus. It's so funny. I know you always talk about beans. And beans are something, for some reason, that have never really appealed to me. I know, when I was little, my mom would make lima beans. She would make a I lot of beans. I love lima beans. Oh, I hated lima beans as a kid. I hated them. So I really want to do the Zoe app because I'm so curious if beans are something that agree with me or don't because they're not something that I am naturally drawn to. I've just never been interested in them. Yeah. Although I I have made them more recently, maybe because you talk about them so much, I think, well, maybe I should eat these. But they're not something that naturally appeal to me. They just are one of the most satisfying things in the world for me. Like beans and potatoes just really make me feel like I've had something great to eat. And like if I had beans and rice with like some sour cream and some cheese, I will be just full and satisfied forever. Just yeah, I don't know. I, beans and rice to me, I don't love them. I don't love rice. I don't <laughs> love, love beans. Them. Love so beans that, and rice. I get more satisfied. Like I would love to eat a big bowl of greens. You know, like yeah. sautéed kale. 
is more satisfying to me. That doesn't that that just doesn't fill me up at all. <laughs> it, isn't it interesting how we're all so different? You know, mm-hmm. Sherry, who co-hosts Life Lessons with me, she doesn't do well with rice or potatoes. Hmm. At all. And like she really, really doesn't. If she eats rice or potatoes, she's starving later. Like yesterday, she tried to eat a big potato with some stuff on it. Then she was so hungry. She's done that experiment a bunch of times. So she knows it. Pasta doesn't fill me up. Yeah. I'm not a big pasta eater. I don't love pasta. I like pasta, but it just doesn't satisfy me like like rice does. So bioindividuality is real. I mean, it's we really are so different. I think you would really enjoy doing Zoe. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to do it. And that's why I love intermittent fasting because I've never thought that one that that's why I've never really bought into the diets because like yeah. keto, I think it works well for some people, not so much for others. Mm-hmm. You know, and same with low fat, you know, and low carb. Those work well for some people, but not for others. I love that intermittent fasting just gives you the structure of when to eat and then you can really tune in to what you should eat. Exactly. And that being different for everyone. It just makes so much sense. Because if I wrote a diet book based on my eating habits, it would be the exact wrong diet for Sherry. <laughs> right. I'd be like, just eat mostly potatoes and some rice and some beans, and you don't need much meat, just a little. You don't need a lot. Right. And she would be starving and miserable, and it would be awful. And I'd be like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. It worked for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, for anyone who hasn't heard me talk about Zoe before, if you go to jenstevens.com slash Zoe, there's information there. But it's just, it's fascinating to learn how our bodies really are all different. And my body doesn't do well with too much fat or too much sugar, but it needs to have it balanced, mm-hmm. just not too much. Like it takes a while for my body to clear it. And that's been really helpful. If I really want to feel my best, you know, knowing what to, what to concentrate on. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the next step for me. In well, my keep me posted. Let me know how that journey. Yeah. Yes, I will. Absolutely. They have a podcast now, the Zoe podcast. Oh, interesting. And I never listen to podcasts, but a lot of people in my community are listening to it and that it's really, apparently really, really good. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I'm obsessed with podcasts. I walk my dog every day and I listen to podcasts. So this morning I listened to yours with Mark Mattson, which is fascinating. Oh my gosh, yeah, that came out um, today. Today, yeah, it did. How did you like that one? Oh, it's so interesting. I love all the science behind all of this. I mean, it's so motivating. I mean, I feel like I'm going to fast forever because I love how I feel. I love the weight maintenance, but it's also so motivating to know how much good it's doing for, you know, my brain and my cells and my body and all of that stuff. It's, I think it's just magical. It really, really is. And to hear him talk about it, you know, he Mm -hmm. is a top-notch scientist. There's you know, there are a lot of great scientists in the world. Tim Spector, who I love of Zoe and um, all of that. But Mark Matson is right up there, you know, his neurological research and the fact that he knows all the things that it does in the body and has lived that way since the 80s before it even had a name. That's just pretty impressive when the top scientists are like, yes, I will always live this way because it's good for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I want to send actually that to my doctor because I was at the doctor the other day. And when I saw her in January, she was shocked because I hadn't seen her in a year. And she said, oh my God, you're, <laughs> you've lost so much weight. You're so tiny. And I was there the other day for something else. And she looked at me and said, God, you just look so good, this intermittent fasting thing. But then she went on to say, but I could never do it. And <laughs> it's just, she said something about it being a fad diet. And I was like, no, but it's the opposite of that. I know. I, mean, I know. In, so I think it, I need to send her that his article. 
Yes, the one that definitely. Came out. The one that came out from the New England Journal of Medicine. Mm-hmm. That's the best one. Send her that. She will appreciate it. That that really would. Also, she would like his book, I think, mm-hmm. I bet, um, because it would speak more to the the doctor, the scientist, or mine is more like, you know, for the average person. <laughs> Not right. that a doctor can't enjoy it, but yeah, Chad was really interested in in Mark Matson's book. He's like, I could read this one. Has he ever read Fast Feast Repeat? No. <laughs> But he would read Mark Madsen's book, which is so funny. But, you know, you just can't argue with how great you look and how great you feel. Right. I mean, I honestly feel like I've aged backwards since I started doing this. I just turned 50 Yeah, I was February. like, when you were talking about being in your 40s, and I was like, what? You do not look like you're 50. Well, I just turned 50, and I, I did look like I was 50 before, you know, before intermittent fasting. But I really just feel like the combination of – no alcohol and intermittent mm-hmm. fasting is like the key to life. I it, I kind of feel like I've climbed outside the matrix in a way. I mean, like we were talking about earlier, when you stop drinking or when you you know reduce your drinking, you suddenly see how ingrained it is in our society, and you see how we have all these beliefs around alcohol. So I, I felt like with that, I climbed outside the matrix and realized, oh, I don't actually need to drink to have fun or relax or all the things. And same with fasting. You know, we have all these ingrained beliefs as a society about breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And, you know, you have to eat for energy and build muscle and all the things. And once you start fasting, you realize, oh my God, not only do I not need to eat all day, I feel so much better when I don't. You know, I do hair and makeup for weddings and I used to think, oh, well, I have to force myself to eat because I would I would have to get there at you know, eight or nine in the morning. Right. And I'd be working all day and not able to eat anything till three or four in the afternoon. And so I would force myself to eat breakfast even though I wasn't hungry because I thought, well, I have to eat. And and I bet you're starving all day long after eating the breakfast. Exactly. Well, not all day long, but once I would stop working, all of a sudden I'd be starving and I'd be exhausted. Right. And now I don't eat. I just drink my black coffee on my way to the wedding and I feel great all day long. I have so much energy. A lot of brides will book me to stay with them up to the ceremony or the reception to be there with them for touch-ups. And I can honestly go all day till 6 p.m. and feel completely fine. And they're always saying to me, please eat something, have some food. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. And it's so funny because you know, as people are getting ready, they're saying to the bride, oh, you have to eat, you have to eat, you have to make sure you have energy. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, you'd actually feel if better if you, you didn't. Did. Yeah. I bet that is such a fun job to be there behind the scenes at all those weddings. It is a fun job. It's like a little glimpse into someone's life. You know, you get this unique look at their family dynamics and their relationship and their friendships. And I'm a very curious person. I'm a very much a people person. I love novelty. So I love being in new places, new settings, you know, getting a little glimpse into someone's world. And yeah, and a wedding day is like such a a big event. You know, people think, oh, it must be so stressful. You deal with bridezillas, but honestly, it's, it's fun and I love it. And I feel very lucky and honored to be part of someone's day and be the one there. Not very many bridezillas. No, I mean, honestly, the brides I work with are great. I mean, I can Mm -hmm. count on one hand the, you know, kind of stressful or bad experience I've bad experiences I've had. That's what I would I would think too. I would think it would just be a very joyful job that would be a lot of fun because people are excited and they're happy. And if they are stressed, I'm able to help them and calm them down, which I love. Yeah. And now that I'm, you know, fasting and stuff, I feel like I'm even more calm and my energy is even more kind of 
calming zen. and relaxing. Zen. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, I was a teacher for 28 years and the, just the last part of my teaching career, I was, of course, an intermittent faster. And I have a really good friend who's big on picking up people's energy. She's mm-hmm. a, a fifth grade teacher at the school where I retired from. She taught both my boys. She's an amazing teacher. And um, she said to me, she's like, you, your whole energy shifted. It's like, it's like I was a different person. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I've heard that actually from a few people. I saw a friend just last week. I did her makeup and I hadn't seen her since I had done all this. I hadn't seen her since October of 2020. And she said, wow, your energy is so different. You, It's just like you have so much more space, which I found really interesting. And it it's, really it's does. Kind of like I know. I feel it. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have great energy and clarity, but it's all, almost like, you know, bring it. I can handle it. Right. You know, you, right. You're less upset by things, less flustered by things and, and feeling more in control, mm-hmm. but, but not like you have to be in control. You just are. Right. More responsive versus reactive. There you go. That mm-hmm. was a great way of putting it. Yeah. I yeah. I definitely true. feel that in my interactions with my kids and with my mm-hmm. husband and just mm-hmm. in life, there's just like this calm center. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The Smart Beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And if you think about what Mark Matson was saying in your podcast, how it fasting kind of alters us on a cellular level and on a brain level, it kind of makes sense that it would really kind of just change your framework. Yeah. It, it really is amazing to think about all the things that are going on inside that we can't even see, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, when someone is only focused on the weight loss and struggling and not seeing the weight loss that they were hoping for, because I mean, you just saw it, bam, mm-hmm. you saw that weight loss. and Right. And I tell people, don't expect that this is what's going to happen for you. Right. You know, 
because everybody's for, different. People who aren't, if, if if you're only focused on the weight loss, and then you're like, well, I might as well quit because it's you know quote not working. You're going to miss out on so many, so many of the great benefits Absolutely. that are going on. And you know, there's always something somebody can tweak if they are not having success with the weight loss. You know, right? And I I did have a friend who started fasting based on you know the success she saw me have and after a couple months she said well it's it's not working for me i'm not losing weight and i tried to explain to her no it's it is working somewhere yeah. and it's healing something and eventually it will work and even if you don't lose any weight it's still doing amazing things for you but she kind of got discouraged and quit but i really have turned so many people onto this including one of the first people i turned onto it was the mother of the bride i had at my very first wedding back post pandemic she was she was pretty, you know, had some weight to lose, was unhappy with how she looked and felt, was worried about the photos, the wedding photos, and really unhappy with how she looked in them. And that day, we just happened to start talking about fasting. And I heard from the bride a few months later that her mom had bought your book, started fasting, and was already down 30 pounds. Oh, I love that story. That's great. And it, weddings really are a big moment, not just for the bride, but for the mothers of the bride, mothers Absolutely. of the group. Because so often we hear people talking about how they, they don't want to look in the photos. And that just breaks my heart mm-hmm. because you probably hear that a lot from the people who are not feeling good in their skin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, however you look in the photos is not the important part of the day. Right. It's right. being there and, and knowing that your, your family doesn't care how you look in the photos. Right. But I also know how they feel because I always have to look at myself in these photos because I'm always in the getting ready photos from weddings. Yes. And when I was heavier, I, I would see them and just think, oh, yeah. God, look at the chins. And <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, I get it. I didn't like looking at myself in the photos either. Yeah. So you know, embrace whatever size you are on that wedding day. Yes. Don't stress out about the photos too much. But you can't, you can't like – you can't enjoy the day if you're just focused on how you're right. going to look in the photos. Right. You know, try to try to not do that. It's it's easier said than done. I know. Yeah. But, yeah. but I do love telling people about fasting. I tell so good. many clients about it, and so many people have started doing it. I had a woman recently bought your book the day I told her about it, and said, "Oh my gosh, I feel like you were brought into my life to change my life for <laughs> with this fasting. It's kind of crazy." I love it. I love to tell people about it. And it's it's weird because I just tell people about it like like you do, just mm-hmm. as a person who's doing yeah, fasting. Exactly. Right? And instead of like, I'm Jen Stevens, let me tell you about right. fasting. <laughs> but you know, I just tell people they don't even know who I am. I'm just like this random girl at the grocery store. But one of my neighbors a, a year ago, we're recording this in May. It was a year ago, June. She walked by and she's like, Hi, nice to meet you. I haven't met you yet. And we were just talking and talking about our work. And I talked about intermittent fasting and she's like, Oh, that sounds interesting. Well, she just walked by last week and told me that she's been doing it ever since that day that we were just talking on the street and her husband started doing it. And she's got a bunch of friends doing it and they're all doing great. And that just made me feel really good because, you know, I'm, I, I talk to people all over the world, obviously, mm-hmm. but that was my neighbor. <laughs> I was real yeah. excited that my neighbor was doing it and that she's had success it just, it feels good. Yeah. It feels good to share. I mean, we know how good it feels to do it. And so helping other people. I have a friend recently who I saw a couple of weeks ago that I hadn't seen in a while. She was asking all about it and she's been texting me every day. Today, she she said, I have a question for you as the master faster. And I was like, oh, master faster. <laughs> master I like faster. that. I've never heard that before, but I like it. Right? 
And she's been texting me like, oh my gosh, I did 23 hours and I felt so amazing. And it just feels so good to be able to turn more people onto this. So I, I honestly does. feel like this is how we should all be eating. I think you're right. My sister-in-law just came over. Chad and her, their dad died recently um, this spring. And so she's handling the estate, but she came over and I hadn't seen her in a while. She's down 70 pounds. <gasps> wow. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm doing your thing. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> But 70 pounds she's lost, and it really is the best feeling. So everybody who's listening, share without fear, even if Mm -hmm. people poo-poo it. Well, and it's so funny because, you know, you get the responses. Oh, I could never do that. You know, I you love can, food too yeah, much. Yeah, I love, I love eating. I could never not drink cream in my coffee, this, that, and the other. But I just tell people, just, just try. And two, the other thing that I love is when people tell me, oh, I do intermittent fasting. And I say, oh, well, do you clean fast? And They're so like, many people that? I've talked to don't know about the clean fast. So I say, well, right. you know, no sweetener or cream in your coffee, no LaCroix, you yeah, know, no the flavors. Flavored. And yeah. a lot of people are really surprised and haven't heard that. Right. It's true. And I do want that to be my legacy of getting out there, the magic of the clean fast, because I, you know, you know, there's so many people that have done it the other way. And then when they switch over to the clean fast, they can't believe the difference. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to get it out there so that people have the best chance to succeed long-term. Because if I had not read the obesity code and learned about the cephalic phase insulin response and about why well, we don't want to have cream and all of that, you know, I had slowly started regaining weight because I wasn't fast and clean. I was putting stevia in my coffee, cinnamon flavored waters all day long, chewing gum. I'd slowly started regaining weight and I was white knuckling the fast every day. So would I have been just another person who regained all the weight after losing it and quit fasting because it was too hard? Probably. I bet I would have because that was how I did everything else because I just, it was really, really hard when I wasn't fasting clean. And now it's so easy. I mean, we're recording this. It's almost 5 p.m. I haven't eaten yet. Yeah. Well, and just when I explain to people, well, when you have flavor, it triggers an insulin response. And if you have insulin in your system, you can't burn fat. Like it just is so simple. Like it just boils down to that. And, you know, if you think about that and the fact that it makes it easier to fast, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you clean fast? Exactly. It's not worth the cream in your coffee. Right. You know, I just tell people like, well, just give it a try. Try it for a month and see if it's, if it's better. And then you probably won't go back. Or I think it also makes fasting easier because it gets you out of that thing that I think we've all been trained in our society to do, which is kind of like food and drink and flavor as entertainment throughout the yeah. day. It's like, I think oh, you're right. I'll chew gum for the flavor or the, the flavored water. Or I've heard you say before about kind of entertaining our mouth all day right. long. Yeah. And so when you get out of that habit, you think less about missing food or needing that in your day. That's really true. You're right. You're You're not even... This is not the part of the day where I have the flavor. Mm-hmm. That's later. And it's going to be really good flavor later. Right. right. <laughs> and then you can really, really enjoy it. Right. I you love, taste things differently. I love the structure that fasting gives, that it's just either you're in your window or you're not. And it really is freedom because it stops you from having to think about it all day long. You know, back when I was trying to be low carb or whatever, I was weighing my food or measuring it out and having to think all day long. Should I eat? Should I not eat? What should I eat? is this bad? You know, all the things. And having your window closed is just freedom. And it's the same with not drinking. Like once I realized that alcohol wasn't making me feel good, not having it is freedom. I don't have to think about it. It's just like, no, that's just not something that I do. 
You can have a fun mocktail. I love, well, that's something that I've gotten really into is all of the fun zero proof spirits and yeah. craft non-alcoholic beers and wines. I just love it so much. Yeah, it really, it really is. Like I love a Heineken 0.0. Okay, sorry, I'm not a craft girl. <laughs> But a Heineken 0.0, and I'm perfectly happy. But what's so funny is like three-fourths of a Heineken 0.0, and I've had enough. It was like the experience. Mm -hmm. Whereas like beer, you just keep drinking them one after the other, and which is lets you know how much of alcohol is mindless. Exactly. Exactly. Because like a three-fourths of it, but it it feels like you're drinking a beer. It has Mm -hmm. the same taste profile, but it's just like, well, I've had enough now. Yeah. I just realized that what I love is the ritual. I love a fun drink and a pretty glass. and Pretty glass. That satisfies me. Absolutely. Yes. The kombucha and a fun glass. In mm-hmm. fact, when we when we stop recording today, I'm going to go have, I'm trying to, we're moving in three days and I have some coconut water. I should drink that. It's in my little little fridge. I don't want to move the coconut water. So I'm going <laughs> to put that in a wine glass. It's also good in smoothies. Oh, I bet I it is. I put coconut water in my smoothies. I would like that. So I'm going to open my window. We're at the point where I'm, we're having this big estate sale of selling a lot of things. So I'll be using one of the wine glasses that I'm not taking with me <laughs> to the new house. I packed all my good stuff already. Yeah. I'm taking, but is there anything you struggle with? Not honestly, not really. Really, it's been so positive. Truly. I love hearing it. It, just, it suits you like a glove. It really does. It's not a struggle at all. And, you know, I love how flexible it is. You know, the fact that I like having my window in the evening. I heard someone on your podcast, each podcast of yours, I find some little nugget of information. I heard someone say, you know, the daytime is my productivity time. It's my work time. And so when I'm fasting and I have the mental clarity, that's when I'm working. And then in the evening, it's my relaxing and eating time. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel. Me too. And it also makes sense because that's when I eat dinner with my family. And if I'm going out to dinner, I can eat, but it's flexible. If I want to open my window early and have brunch one day and have a longer window, I can do that. And I've now gone on three vacations at all-inclusive places since starting fasting. And I think there's this mentality when you go to an all-inclusive place that you have to eat all the things because you right. get or your like you got to get your money's worth because you paid right. for it. Well, right. and I wasn't drinking at the time either, and I, you know, so I'm not drinking all the free drinks or you right. know. But I just open my window a little later. I have lunch and dinner. I have two meals, and then I come back. And if you gain a little weight, it's nice to have this structure to go back to. It's not that feeling of oh no, I'm gaining weight. What am I going to do? It's just I know, I know, I'm going to go back to fasting and I'll go back to normal. Absolutely. Yeah. Free food and drink is really one of the biggest challenges for a lot of mm-hmm. people because they're like, well, here it is. It's right. free or I already paid for it as part of what was included. And so a lot of times people have a hard time saying no to free, but you just have to think about how are you going to feel? You're going to feel well, better if you have it or if you don't. Well, I always say you're paying for it somewhere. Yeah, it's true. You're paying for it if you're drinking too many of the free drinks or if you're eating the food and not feeling good. Yeah, exactly. And and I want to feel good on vacation because mm-hmm. I can sure remember that last cruise I went on in 2014 when I was, you know, 210 pounds, how miserable I felt. I had breakfast in the dining room every morning. I had cocktails. We had the drinks package. I had lunch in the dining room. I had dinner in the dining room. I mean, it was like nonstop. And I felt, I remember how bad I felt. Yeah. It was it doesn't not feel good. fun. No, it did not feel good at all. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I think I said earlier, you know, it's it, 
just give it a chance. Clean fast, try it, trust the process. Trust that this is a great way to eat. And pay attention. I didn't talk about my non-scale victories. I know we didn't get to that, but I would say pay attention to those because for me, that was a huge part of this Well, you too. have a minute. You want to tell us okay. some of your non-scale victories? Yeah, I'd love to tell you some. So when I had gone to the doctor in January before I started this in 2021, my cholesterol was high. She said, you know, we're going to try doing red rice yeast, but you might have to take statins at some point. It was 273. When I just did this again in January after fasting for a year, it was down to 241. Wow. Which is still a little high and I have genetically high cholesterol, but that it dropped a lot. Mm-hmm. So that was huge. My resting heart rate is down about 10 points. It started going down a little bit when I cut out alcohol, but it's now a full 10 points lower on average than it was because I wear an Apple watch so I can mm-hmm. scroll back and look at the months. So you it was that a lot. Yeah. Fasting lowers resting heart rate oh. to that of like athlete level. Yeah. Well, it was averaging around 70 and now it's like 59, 60 which is wild. I had lower back arthritis that was really bad and an impinged shoulder. I was doing physical therapy for both of those and both of those are almost completely gone, much less pain. I had plantar fasciitis, completely gone. Um, I had really terrible GI issues. I was on antibiotics in my 20s for acne for a long time and I think that really messed up my gut, but I had really terrible GI issues, like almost daily, if not multiple times a week completely gone. And like I said earlier, I just feel comfortable in my skin. You know, I actually went to a party recently that was a prom theme party and I wore my junior prom dress. Wow. <laughs> Which is wild. It just it's fun to just feel good again and be able to go shopping. I I had stopped going shopping because yeah. it just was not fun. You know, you go in the dressing room and nothing fits and it feels terrible. And now it's fun to go shopping and Oh yeah put on outfits and feel cute again, you know? I, That's I a know, big exactly. non-scale victory. That was the saddest part about Cal and Kate eloping for me was because I didn't get to put on a pretty dress and go to a wedding as the mother of the groom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll <laughs> they'll do one of those, you know, after the fact a few years down the road They ceremonies. won't. They won't. They got married in 2019. It was pre-pandemic. It wasn't because of the pandemic that they eloped. Oh. Her parents eloped. So she just had in her mind... She didn't want to be the center of attention. She didn't want everybody looking at her. I mean, she didn't want she didn't want a big wedding. So Cal's like, whatever you want, that's what we're doing. So he's a sweet boy. He's a he's a good husband. Yeah. Well, maybe your next son. <laughs> well, eventually. He'll get married eventually. Eventually. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say to people, you know, oh, take lots of pictures yep. when you're starting out. Because that's huge. I, I love comparing photos. You know, the body recomposition is absolutely real. And just pay attention to how you feel and also trust the process. Trust that over time, your taste will change, appetite correction will happen, and you'll just get to a point where it's effortless and you'll have a hard time believing you ever I know. ate all day. It's true. Or if, ever, if you ever had to go back there, you wouldn't. You just couldn't. Oh, no. And yeah, and I think when people hear about fasting, they think, I love food. I, I want to be able to eat. I want to have the freedom to eat. And really, I think the freedom is in not eating all day and not having to think about what you're eating. Because in my window, I feel free to eat whatever I want. If I want a you're burger- You're free from decisions. Yeah, exactly. Decision fatigue. Right. Decision fatigue is real. And willpower is a finite resource. And I think when you're trying to control what you're eating all day long, that's why I could never stick to anything for, for very long. And now I just- 
don't think about it all day. And then when my window's open, I eat what I feel like, whether that's a burger or pizza or whether it's sauteed kale and yeah, some chicken. You know, I just eat what sounds good. I eat to satiety and then I close my window and I'm done. And it's it feels amazing. Well, Eliza, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story today. And I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. This was so much fun, Jen. Thanks for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.